Welcome to Wake the Bear Radio with your host, Brandon Johnson, Chris Hurst, and Ron Powers. All right. All right. That's another another Wake the Bear Radio. And we're excited tonight because it's going to be a special night tonight. Uh, a lot of things happening. A lot of things happening. So uh, we'll get to that. Um, so how, how's your week? I haven't seen you in at least a week there. Um, so <laughs> I've had a pretty busy week. I just, uh, yesterday I got a new granddaughter, so I have six grandchildren now and, uh, you know, it, it just, the emotions of fresh life flooded me as I looked at her little picture and, um, I just heard the blessings. My son uh, spoke and uh, named her, and her name is Charlotte um, Grace Hurst. And it's like double grace because Charlotte is like to cherish, to be graced. Uh, so it's a double grace. And I think that's really significant for 2024 uh, that in all the things that we know there's shaking, there's going to be some hard times, but we have double portions of grace. And, and I remembered it was like a giant flood of emotions when I thought, Oh, every day I go and fight. It's not for me. It's, um, not even for, um, America per se, like America is this undefinable thing. It's for the people. It's for my children. It's for the legacy. It's for the generations. It's, it's to, to do my part as a, as a person in my generation, just like the ones in the generations before have done their part to fight for freedom. You're sounding like a grandmama bear. I am. That's <laughs> called our posterity. <laughs> Which yeah. is an excellent, excellent long-term vision. Protect well, country. speaking of grand mama bear, we have a grand mama bear. I call her a heavy, <laughs> West Coast heavy hitter mama bear. She's uh, she's out there on the airwaves and uh, so proud of her. Um, and so it's Kristen Hurley. And Kristen Hurley, the first time I had heard you, I you know we were looking into getting onto that station, KSCO, which is the largest um, West Coast privately owned uh, AM radio station. And it's in the heart of a very liberal area and it's a very conservative. And, and so I started listening during the day and I heard this lady, Kristen Hurley, and I thought, oh, she must be a national uh, radio personality because, I mean, <clears throat> it was flawless. I mean, it was just, she had all kinds of uh, articulation, lots of news stories, uh, people would call in and she just was on the fly uh, interacting just really well. And I thought, oh, I, this must be one of those, uh, you know, just those national radio hosts. And then I found out you were just local at the time. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, well, I was impressed. I was blown away. And I'm like, wow, she's actually at the station. She's not piped in from, you know, the mega, mega corporation. So uh, welcome, welcome uh, on uh, Wake the Bear Radio. I love it that we have closely named our shows, same kind of concept. And my show is called Mama Bears Radio. And I think, Ron, when you were first tuning in back in the hot and heavy Gavin Newsom recall days where I was <laughs> really like with my claws out, as I say. Um, so I was probably very passionate. Um, yeah, I, I love doing live radio. I love AM radio, broadcast radio. To me, it's like the ultimate in 
free uncensored speech, right? Your words are out on the airwaves. Um, very old fashioned kind of thing. Anyway, so I enjoy doing the show. I do talk about all sorts of protect the family, preservation of the family, parents' rights, um, anything about raising children in this crazy world. Of course, I do, you know, topics, current events, daily politics kind of thing. But um, it's kind of the same mm. thing that Chris was saying is like, I have children to bequeath the nation to. We all do. And it's my personal responsibility to speak about things, say what needs to be said and engage the public. So anyways, Mama Bears Radio Wednesdays uh, live on KSCO in Santa Cruz. Well, it's definitely a privilege and an honor to have you. So we're definitely uh, excited about that. Uh, excited to hear what you have. Um, you know, it's been, I, Brandon's out, by the way. Uh, he's out taking care of kind of a, maybe a, an auto emergency or family auto emergency. Uh, we'll see. Um, you know, he may, he may jump on at the end of the station, uh, end of the show, but it is uh, definitely an honor to have you. And we look forward to hearing, uh, you know, you're in the, you've always been in the trenches as far as the, the latest bill coming out, warning people, Hey, this is a bad bill, or this is a good bill. And then you do, you do your research. And, you know, I found it's very educational just to hear, um, you know, cause sometimes it's hard to find, you know, you, especially two sides. So someone that's dove in kind of analyze both, you know, what both sides are saying on something mm -hmm. and kind of give us the, the skinny on it, you know, and it just, um, makes our lives a little easier or a lot easier, uh, to vote responsibly. So, um, I'm sure you have a couple things, uh, maybe on your plate that, uh, you've been looking at that we're unaware of. I know we are wake the bear radio and the bear is California. Um, so you have actually done a really good job in staying on California issues. Uh, a lot of times we talk about the world, uh, you know, the world's on fire here and the war out here and that, and, uh, you know, more of a national, um, but technically we are, uh, trying to wake the bear of California up. So, um, so tell us what, do, what do you uh, see lately that, that we should be aware of? Where do you start? Um, well, it's a brand new legislative season starting up, right? We're just in January. So they haven't necessarily started writing and presenting and bringing forth all the bills that will be. I want to say there's something on the order of between like 2,000 and 2,500 bills presented each year in the California legislature. They're busy little bees dreaming up all sorts of ways to control us. The last couple of years have really seen some crazy, egregious ones. Um, and so in particular... There's a leftover bill from last year that has made news in the last week or two. It's the youth football ban bill. And it is, let me look this up, AB 734. Assemblyman Kevin McCarty out of Sacramento wrote this little doozy. Apparently, this is a couple of times through. He's tried to pass this through over the years. So it made it through committee. And I was a little surprised, like, well, wait a minute, what month is it? But it's leftover from last year's legislative session. They have a time stamp on it, so it has to either get passed or not. They're still trying to push it through, even though we haven't really started this year's season. And it would ban all tackle football uh, for anyone, uh, I believe it's 12 and under, boys sports. And I think it's another overreach on a broad spectrum perspective. It's the state of California deciding 
who can do, you, you know, what you can or cannot do with your children, deciding for parents um, to say, well, that's dangerous. So you have to stay safe or who knows, you know, what it is. It's just more state control and mm -hmm. taking the raising of your children out of parents' hands, which is, we've seen just that in spades. So take an interest in it. It made it through its little committee. They write, they each bill once written goes through several committees on its path to being voted on. As we generally see bills go into committees and there are responsible citizens and interested parties that may go and argue hours and hours and hours against a particular bill. It's bad for these reasons. We oppose it on this ground. We think it's unconstitutional. Here are all of these groups represented saying, don't pass this bill through. And what happens? It gets passed right on through. So sadly, that's the state of SAC. This one is coming through, though. It's AB 734, if anyone in particular is into youth sports and that's your thing. And this is a time to get to speak up and say no, that exercise and team sports and all of the wonderful things that go along with that is important to you and your family. Um, give Sacramento a call. So. Wow. That's crazy. Yay. yay legislator. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't believe it got this far. I mean, think of all the groups that would normally, um, the dad groups, you know, the, the guy groups, you know, the firefighters, the police, uh, people who grew up with football, the, the college groups who, um, I mean, the, uh, the pop Warner is the feeding grounds yeah. of then the junior high, the high school and, uh, how big, uh, maybe not so much. I mean, it's big in California. It's really big in the Midwest, but, but those are, are scholarship potentials. So it'd be like t saying to a gymnast parents, uh, you can't really do the the vaults in the um, because when you flip over, you might land on your head, and that's dangerous. Or, or you know, it's total interference. That just, yeah. I, I can. Uh, it's difficult for me to believe that it got this far without people saying that is ridiculous. Uh, I mean, even that's a bipartisan, that is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's one of those kind of things that um, it isn't really a woke, um, popular uh, type of uh, subject matter. So it'll be interesting to watch, but uh, I think it'd be great just to, to get us all writing some letters, making some calls Make some uh, and calls. And I, as I said, people call, people go and argue in committee against a particular bill, and it, it tends to somehow move forward. And I, I just want to juxtapose this. Actually, I think it's interesting because one of the bills to come out of last year was the, and it's now law, Gavin Newsom, man, we all love to hate, signed it, that 12-year-olds, 12 must be a magic number in California, 12-year-olds now have the lawful ability to go and check themselves into a state facility with or without maybe the assistance of people in their schools or counselors or whatever, remove themselves from their homes, check into a facility without their parents' knowledge or consent. And now a 12-year-old has the ability, the lawful ability in California to, um, to basically emancipate themselves from their parents' control. And I think it's, you know, 12, some sort of magic number where can't have the 12 year olds, their little brains mm -hmm. are still too soft to be playing contact sports. Oh, but they're old enough to make life changing decisions for themselves and supersede their parents' authorities 
um, at home. So I, I don't know what California is thinking. Clearly not thinking. They're not um, thinking. Is, is that lesson. But if somebody wanted some action so, in Sacramento mm -hmm. in the next week or two, follow uh, AB 734. So if you want to overturn the football bill, maybe what they should do is they should get a girl that thinks she's a guy and say, hey, are you taking this away so I can't play uh, football? And then they'll be, oh, and then they'll just go back on everything. You know? <laughs> you just, yeah, good reverse engineering. That's a really, it's a really creative well, it's, approach. <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of like if you want uh, if you want your Medicare covered and all that stuff, just come over the border instead. You know, God forbid, be a veteran or, or something that needs uh, medical care. You know, you you just have to come over the border. Creative alternatives, you're thinking. The way we have to stop this state from controlling us. All right. Yeah. Well, it, and then let me just, while we're on this subject of changing one's gender and participating in someone else's uh, sports, let me just get this off my chest. Speaking of Sacramento, and then I know mm. we've got plenty of other things to talk about tonight, but Protect Kids of California Act of 2024. There's a ballot initiative going around. All you um, have to do is Google Protect Kids Act California, um, sign it, pass it along to your friends and neighbors to sign. It's just like the recall petition where you're a registered voter, you can sign. This initiative will, let me read from it, repeal the California law that permits students to compete in female sports. This is male students in female sports and students to be in females locker rooms and bathrooms. Um, just what you were mentioning, Ron. Two, it will prohibit schools from deceiving parents about their students' gender identity crisis and stop them from secretly transitioning a child, which we all know happens. And three, this bill will stop sex change operations and chemical castrations on minors in general in the state, which is now very lawful to do. California's first in the nation, as Gavin Newsom says, right? Come one, come all. Yeah. Castrate your children here. Um, so this bill is would be super important if they get their half a million signatures that they need. It will be on the ballot in November and the people of California will get to decide for themselves rather than 120 state legislators um, and the governor. So this is crucial. I know the polls everywhere show that parents on the very large part are just completely abhorred by the shenanigans in schools and the gender ideology, confusion, all the sex talk in schools and inappropriate grades and ages. Um, it's just too much. And parents universally agree this is ridiculous. So this is something that we can all tangibly do. I was in the heart of the recall. It's possible to go sit outside your local Home Depot with a little table and your petitions um, and inform people that this is going on. And we, the people of California, have the ability to stop it. Do you know what the date is on how much time those uh, petitions? The exact date? Uh, I will have. have to get back to you guys on that. I don't know how much longer they have. Mm -hmm. At a half a million signatures, that's actually not that much. Huh. Because we, you know, we pedal in the metal, really beat that. We're recall. three right Two here. Point. We <laughs> yes. Where do we yeah, sign? sign Ron Powers? Well, so anyone can go to, it's, I want to say the website is protectkidsca.com or you just Google Protect Kids Initiative of California. Um, you can download the petition yourself. You can make as many copies. There's the instruction sheets, all the details about the, um, the law, if it would become law, um, everything you need to know, places to donate, 
um, ways to volunteer and support them, <clears throat> the organization uh, getting this done. So you can print as many petitions as you want and circulate them, get signatures and send it in. Uh, sounds cool. good. So, yeah. For those of you that are out of California, uh, this may be entertaining to you to hear this, but <laughs> if it passes here, then expect it, you know, in a year or two after. So, you know, California seems to lead the way in wackiness. And uh, also, you know, who knows if Gavin Newsom is, is will be a Democrat, you know, front runner for president if Big Mike doesn't run. So, you know, but we know that uh, Biden probably will not. So, you know, this is just ammunition to understand uh, what kind of person Gavin Newsom is. And so um, a lot of this is got, has its full support. And so very concerning, very concerning. Yeah. So. Yeah. And and the jury's still out whether or not he might be a candidate on the Democratic. Oh, he thinks he's a candidate. <laughs> believe me. <laughs> yeah. Because he says he's not. Session. So he must be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You believe yeah. the exact opposite of everything that comes out of his mouth. Yeah. 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 And just and talk it's to someone from California. Yeah. We've had yep. it. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's interesting is that the whole, uh, as we're getting into the caucus uh, season, uh, the caucuses, there's the Iowa, but, you know, the Super Tuesday, Joe Biden is not, uh, you know, he's supposed to have his speech. I think, Chris, you were telling me that earlier before the show, you know, that uh, the resident Biden was supposed to have a state of the union very soon this month. And I think he's going to wait till after Super Tuesday. So it's like, um, you know, there's just all this shuffling around, um, you know, and you just go, what are they up to? What are they up to? You know, cause they, everyone knows, yeah. I mean, the polls are showing it. There's no, he doesn't have a snowball's flake or snowball's chance <laughs> of, of making it, yeah. you know? And it was actually interesting because, uh, let me show this, but there is a poll that um, was, um, I think it came out today. It did. I saw that poll from CNN. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, right here. So, yeah. It's, so it was interesting. It says, do you think Biden legitimately won in 2020? And 28% said yes. And 68% said no. Wow. That's like two thirds. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's like a major, <laughs> I don't know. And that's just that's a major the CNN big, guy saying that on air with a straight face. It was a CNN poll. So they had to give the CNN oh, statistics. Hurts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, what, what do you think yeah. it would be if it wasn't CNN? I bet you it'd even be higher. It could be 70 something, 80. I don't know. You yeah, know, because I, they I, probably called all their listeners. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Probably it's like have. the internal list of CNN. Yeah, contributors sure. or something. Uh, I mean, that is so so strange, isn't it? That CNN would even put that. They think let's just not put that on the news today. It's well, there's <laughs> a point where all this breaks down, right? And with just strictly the border, and I've heard more and more of these very staunch Democrat voices having to just go, okay, yeah, this is a mess. Like, what are we doing? And they're having to yeah. backtrack. So I, I just think there's a certain limit to how much BS can actually um, come out of one's mouth. You know, you, at some point you have to, unless you're completely Trump derangement syndrome and mm -hmm. mentally ill, at some point with a number of these subjects yeah. um, and topics, you can't fool yourself. 
Yeah. See, yeah. now if I were the opposition, and you know they're they're trying to figure out when are we going to bring in the other candidate uh, because Biden's not going to step out of the way, and and they as much as they they pull the hook, he won't get off the stage. Uh, you know, I would have given him the State of the Union at his regular time and just had him be such a bumbling problem that everybody would just then they'd have more time to decide. But uh, right now, you know, right now it's um, what Iowa's on central time, aren't they? And it's 721 here in uh, California. So it's um, almost 930 there. The caucuses in Iowa, for those that don't know it, the caucus here we are in January and we're already talking about um, these uh, the presidential campaign, which is boom, boom, boom. What is it? 11 months, uh, 10 months now. Go by. Yeah. yeah, 10 and a half months uh, and counting down. So the first part of the presidential election in the primaries uh, are the caucuses. And then we have we we're talking about this earlier. We have New Hampshire has their primary. I believe it's a primary Um I don't know anybody else who does caucuses that I don't. Um, yeah, I don't know either. But, but we'll talk a little bit about what that is. And then there's South Carolina. So that's the third thing, all before Super Tuesday. And then Super Tuesday's March 5th. And so we have boom, 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 very quickly, these four uh, major uh, opportunities for uh, candidates to see how many electorates they'll be sending to the national convention. Uh, and then finally, the everybody by the time June, we, California, we used to do all of our primaries in June. It's like it, it already had all been decided by the time we got to vote. It's like everything on the West Coast, you know, they've already said who's going to win and we haven't even gotten to the polls yet. Um, but uh, we, we now do our primaries in March, uh, but some people still do them in June. So that gets ready for the, the Republican National Committee when they decide who their real candidate is um, with all the electorals uh, votes that uh, they'll have. So I don't know, is electoral vote, uh, I don't know if that's the proper term, but in the caucus. Electors. Electors, I think, thank you. people that go that's and, right. yeah. We've already, we don't want to mix up with electoral <laughs> Too many votes. vocabulary words Yes, that here. just makes me want to twitch with January 6th. So um, the caucus, it, it's really interesting. So what the process is, is um, I wanted to share it with you because I had to look it up. And I guess Trump had to look at his family, didn't quite understand it. And I'm not sure I be completely believe that. But when they started campaigning back in 2016, they weren't really clear on it either. So I don't feel so badly. I was listening to Eric Trump today uh, in an interview and he said, this was the first time in 2016, we kind of got the feel of the election. And we were thinking, what is this caucus really about? Because they hadn't experienced one. And it actually started at seven o'clock. So nothing really happens other than a lot of pomp and circumstances and uh, people out trying to um, do a little last minute campaigning. So we've got all the candidates of the Republicans are there. And uh, so there are precincts in 99 counties and in each of the precincts, they have a caucus. And basically what it is, it's a gathering 
of the the people who are um, registered voters. And so they do their precinct, precinct by precinct. They go to a big gathering place and they are literally handed out. So they're in these little neighborhood caucuses. That's what they, uh, groups. I hate to use a term to define a term, term, but they're in some little mini rallies. Like they're, um, I live in Scotts Valley. So it'd be kind of like uh, that we're district five in Santa Cruz County. It'd be like, we all get, down at City Hall or in the auditorium, the high school auditorium, Mm -hmm. and we do our little caucus. And there are um, 1,670 of these going on all at the same time in the 99 counties. And then they are physically handed out. The voters, registered voters, have to be 18 and older, have to um, show their ID, you know, they have to actually show ID and that they're registered or they're on their list. And they have a hand ballot. And so they all mark their balance. It's just for the presidential candidate. There's no other issue on this ballot. And then they they hand them all in and they're all collected. And in front of everybody, except for the press, the press aren't allowed in there, which is very interesting. But there they are, all the registered local voters in this big auditorium. They hand count them out loud. They nice. hand count the, the vote. So they're probably, you know, maybe 700, 800 votes to count. Who knows? Um, not too much more than that, I don't think, per precinct. And then, um, so then they know, okay, who just won that precinct? And then it goes electronic. They go in and they um, electronically send the results of that precinct into the main counting area. and. Um, before they actually do the the voting, they have someone who represents all the candidates. They have kind of a rally. So each candidate gets to have a representative there who says um, they probably have 10 minutes per candidate. And, and uh, I just totally made that up. So I'm sorry. <laughs> Misinformation. <laughs> yes. Disinformation. Yes. I don't know how much time they have, but they've got to do it you know, tonight within a a reasonable amount of time. So I'm sure they have a limited number. Maybe it's like a three minute mic, but again, that's my guess. And so they have a representative. Well, Trump and all the candidates, they can show up and represent themselves at, uh, so he can, he's going to be at one of these little precincts. um, I'm sure to uh, share whatever time they, they give their candidates so uh, that's so much fun. I mean, uh, it just feels like something. I wish I want to be part of that. I wish we did that here. And I, I mean, everybody's watching the votes. So it's not like you can do a lot of cheating. And then of those, whoever wins, um, the percentages are the number of electorates they get sent to the convention. Now, for a big deal, it's a big deal. Everyone's watching Iowa. I was watching on X and they said um, uh, people were going crazy because at the MSM mainstream media, they weren't doing a lot of information. Nobody could figure this thing out. Like, where do we find out who's winning? What's going on? And um, I think basically a lot of people didn't understand. Like, I didn't understand. It doesn't even start till seven o'clock. I was thinking it was like eight to eight to eight, like voting day, but it's not, it's a gathering. And the entire number of delegates, all of Iowa get 
to send to the national committee um, are 40. They have 40 delegates. So this is, so they, it's really quite interesting. I don't know how exactly they divide that up. So is well, winner take all or is it a percentage? Uh, I, I don't team. know. I, yeah, each state's different. Some states will give you the percentage of the, the amount of delegates. As you can see here, here's a picture of uh, President Trump l looking at the scores. It looks like he's got, at this point, 57.4%. Uh, Nikki Haley had 185 Ooh, that's higher. And than then DeSantis had 157 That might have been my latest, not to contradict, um, shows DeSantis at 20.7%. And Haley, third place at 19%. So, oh, I like that better. Like he had, I know. It must be <laughs> true. Like he edged. <laughs> <laughs> if I believe, well, hey, this is CNN again. I mean, hey, who knows? CNN's a, anyways, so they have DeSantis slightly ahead of her. So, yeah, that, that was a snapshot in time, too. It was, um, you know, I found that on Truth as we were talking. I just, that was the latest. Yeah, the polls said um, they thought Trump would be 48, and it sounds like right now he's like at 51. Uh, Haley would be number two at 20, and DeSantis at 16, and then Vivek at eight, Hutchison at one, Binkley at one, and then everybody else, 2% of whomever. Um, Mickey Mouse. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. So uh, uh, nationally, Trump is is right now polling at sixty nine percent in the the GOP. So uh, I would be less than uh, the national percentage. So what I found interesting also on CNN is that um, as the day went on and the caucuses were coming close, there was the news. Uh, uh, they were on TV saying um, we don't think people should be out in the weather tonight. Uh, and and what they said was they came on with this uh, newsflash, newsflash, record breaking cold. And it is cold there. I think one one newscaster said it's minus seven. No, it was 17 degrees uh, there, oh, which yeah. I, I found very funny 17. that it was 17. And the, but the news said um, I, it was so dramatic. He said the anchor said it's cold, but it's not just cold. It's painful and dangerous in the rural counties where the roads don't get plowed very much. You drive in a ditch and your car isn't coming out. Your battery might be dead. So maybe the cold weather would produce a surprise tonight. We think people shouldn't go out. And that's what they said on, on the news. Could that be voter suppression? I don't know. I mean, these guys in Iowa, they know what cold is. They know how to drive in the ice and the snow. I mean, they 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 could get there on their um their their skis if they needed to. And yeah. uh, I don't think the cold is gonna keep anybody out, especially those Trump supporters. Last night um they had the rally for Trump and they had a big long line. And the rally uh, organizers, they brought in all these buses that were heated so that the people in line could get into the buses and get warm because they were, you know, they were concerned that it was cold, but they weren't uh, because they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't leave. And they got there early uh, because they were very excited about um, about their their favorite uh, candidate. 
So wow. that was what enough. a message, uh, what a message to the rest of the States, you know, how important it is to them to, to yeah. vote. Now you were, um, I don't know, you know, um, Nikki Haley, she, she was a supporter of the de WEF. Did you know that this today, the WEF is meeting in Davos, Switzerland? Whilst every single, uh. every single farmer and tractor and piece of equipment is in downtown Berlin and yep. all across Europe, they're, the farmers are rallying. I think that is so fun. I mean, I loved when last year, whenever it was in Canada, yeah. Um, yeah. the, the truckers, I ate that up and they're like playing ice hockey in the streets and stuff. But what's going on in Europe dwarfs those Canadians. Yeah. It's so crazy. I encourage everyone to go and look that up because of course, mainstream news is not covering one iota. And I think that's, and it's growing and it's not stopping. And it's been days now. Has it been a week or yeah. longer or whatever? Um, and they Crickets know that it's- us, you know, we where's Germany? <laughs> right. We'll talk about in Europe freezing too right now. And it's all, it's all the farmers and all their tractors out there. Um, and I think that's a very interesting picture juxtaposition of the party of Davos, right? As Steve Bannon would say, in their elitist mm -hmm. little enclave meeting to decide the world's fate. Uh, and they think that all of the farmers across Europe that are rallying um, to protect their way of life, to protect their countries and economy. Um, oh, there's the little peons. I don't know. I, I just think it's, we have our yeah. crazy, crazy American story yeah. happening, but Europe's in the thick of it too. I mean, the whole world's blowing up to be honest. The whole world is waking Europe, up. Europe, mm -hmm. the, Euro the Europeans are, um, I don't know. They're going, for, I don't know. It makes us look like a bunch of P words. <laughs> around yeah. here, like I should be out with my tractor somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, one of the things that I, I um, listened to an interview and the German farmer looked right in the camera and he said, I know that the elite leaders of my nation hate us. And I thought, Oh, he just said what I really, he actually articulated what I thought about you know, members of our government. Like they hate us. They hate what we think. They hate what we want. Uh, they hate our ideas. They hate our values. Uh, they ha hate our God. You know, they, they hate us. And uh, so uh, when he said that, it, it pierced me and I thought, oh my gosh, he's right. Um, they, uh, he understood. Uh, and what he was fighting for is they're, they're taking off the uh, diesel tax um, break that the farmers would have had for their tractors and their mm -hmm. ability to transport uh, goods to the uh, marketplace. And that is huge. It's the difference between, I mean, in Germany, there's still many small farms, just like there were in the Netherlands a few years ago. I don't know how that has ended in the, the Netherlands, but I do believe that they have awakened, not, not woke, but awakened in a good way in the Netherlands. But I know that you can't ignore when um, the, the farmers are, are saying, we're, we're not giving you our milk. You know, what do you do when they pour it down the drain? You know, they're not, they don't have to send that milk to market. They don't have to send their, their eggs to market, their chickens to market. 
I don't think they're they're probably have very much um, fruit and vegetables right now because it's it is winter time, but um, the the a majority of of the type of grassroots people are farm like vineyard growers those type it's it affects every every part of the ch- chain of um, the food and uh, I think the leaders know that. So this oh, whole um, agenda, um, agenda thirty, you know, uh, they they just it's there we go. Yeah, it's time. Uh, I think it's waking people up. Yeah, so. absolutely, and it's very encouraging. I think you know, as each part of the world does their part of waking up and waking up others, it, it encourages and inspires others to maybe uh, step up themselves or like, look at all these farmers, you know, that's a sacrifice of a day and it ca- takes money to get out there with the diesel, you know, to, to, to get out somewhere well beyond your farm. You have to put it on a trailer um, or drive a long way with that. And so, you know, it's not something a press of a button. It's, it's a sacrifice a day or a week to make that statement, you know? And so um, you see that many people standing strong. It, it, it's inspiring. Definitely inspiring. So I, I'm the, happy uh, to see that. Party of Davos going to cut off all of their bank accounts, <laughs> freeze yes. their assets. And that should be a lesson credit. to us. That should be a lesson to us because, you know, they're, they're wanting to press this digital dollar, digital currency. You know, there's a lot of talk right now that uh, we may have a, a financial collapse finally this year. They're saying this is the year, um, you know, and I, I know I've heard that for years, but it, it does really seem like uh, we we're right there. So if that happens, you know, and, and nobody can get a hold of their own money from their bank, whether it be a week or two, mm-hmm. that fear generated uh, will push people right into accepting a digital currency. And a digital currency will happen just like that farmer or those truckers. You know, once the tr- uh, once the government said, oh, we don't want you doing that. Uh, what they, what did they do? They froze their accounts. They couldn't even get money to, to buy gas or food or anything. They shut all of their accounts. That is complete control. And so that was a preview. Uh, and hopefully the world will see that. And I, and hopefully if they, they do press that, uh, digital currency as a, a solution that this, that story will, will go viral saying, well, this is what'll happen if you go with the digital. So, Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I, I think too that there's a lot of smoke and mirrors, even with having it on the same day as the caucus in the beginning of our elections, uh, because our eyes are on Iowa. And um, if I hadn't just caught something on my newsfeed, I it uh, I I wouldn't have remembered that. Oh, this is Davos. Let's see who's attending. Who are the American globalists who are supporting these? And we can go on the Davos um, a website, just like the Bilderberg, and they'll say who's who's there and who is negotiating on our behalf how to how to uh, uh, create poverty for us and how to take away our rights. And so it's important that we know what's going on there and we know what the issues and who are the leaders and who are doing the pushing. I know. Well, we know many of them, but um, when they come back here, I mean, Nikki Haley's been in the to Davos uh, several times. Her name has been on the list, and so um, that and 
I know you're, um, uh, you, you have, uh, um, you mentioned you were a Vivec, you're, you're kind of, you haven't got, have you thrown, thrown in your, your piece yet with Vivek? Cause I know he, um, he had some on his Wikipedia, there were some things scrubbed off his Wikipedia, like the George Soros scholarship that he got. Uh, and then also, um, I just know some of his, his corporate dealings, a lot of his entrepreneurialism, uh, a lot of his support was from BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard um, that pushed him into the billionaire um, status. So uh, I just, I'm still going, I'm not sure. I know Trump said a vote for Vivek is a vote for the other side, but he is, he has a lot of interesting um uh, ideas and he says things that are um, um, very articulate. What do you think? Here's what I think. I think the American people need a good talking to. I think that like in my vision, which is funny, um, it's like we're all a bunch of kindergartners running around and we need someone with the you know big guy pants on to say, sit down and shut up. And let me talk to you clearly and succinctly and lay things out in a sober and understandable way. Here's this, here's this issue that we're dealing with. Well, here's the two sides. Here's the law. Here's all the complexity. Here's why we struggle, blah, 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 blah. And be a calm voice of reason. And I, as much as I love Trump and something that sticks with me about Trump that a minute ago we were talking about, well, the, all le our leaders hate us, right? They all do hate us, except for Trump, who said this was years ago in 2015, even early on. He said, I will take the arrows for you. They don't hate me. They hate you. He's saying that. And he says, but they're going to have to shoot at me and I will take the arrows. And I just absolutely love that. If I could, I'd paint it on my wall. And I love Trump. Um, but he's have got a very, he, he's compromised the, by the, the people that are mentally ill because of him, not that he's done anything to them. Um, and he, he has a hard time really succinctly explaining things. He speaks in sort of broad brushstrokes and kind of metaphors. And I think he's hilarious because he came from Queens. My mom grew up in Queens. Like, I feel like I speak the Queens Trump talk, like I kind of, I, I can interpret what he's saying. All that aside, as genuine and amazing as the Trump, um, he is in the movement and his years in office, all that great stuff. I have been asking myself, who is it that can calmly and clearly give the country a talking to and not continue to have all the talking and the rhetoric that everybody's panties are in a bunch over. So I, I don't know. I, I want to try that on for size. Um, and there, and I'll, I'll end with this though, because it's such a, such a phenomenon. Somebody said to Vivek and I call him Vivek, Vivek, um, at one of his Iowa meet and greets, somebody stood up and he's like, I, I absolutely love what you're saying really resonates and I think Vivek attracts a lot of young people as well who are like, oh my gosh, that option is 80 whatever. And that option's all over the hill too. And I'm a young 30 something millennial 
who, who, who represents me kind of a thing. And I think that Vivek, this is an aside, captures that percentage of America that's up and coming that want a younger represent representative of sort of their generation. Okay. But that's an aside. So this guy gets up a young man at one of five X events and says, I, I love you. And I love what you're saying, but I feel like a vote for you is saying that I condone what the left has been doing for Trump. He's essentially saying, I feel like I have to vote for Trump to tell everyone else that I don't approve or agree with all the indictments, all this court stuff, right? The way that they've been treating Trump, which is absolutely egregious. Um, and he's saying, well, how do I reconcile these two things? I don't want to ditch Trump and my support for him and my disdain for the way that he's being treated. But I actually kind of like you know, the, this other option. And I just thought, well, gosh, that's me in a darn nutshell. Mm. It's a real conflict. You know, I want to throw a hundred percent of my effort and trust and, um, good towards Trump. Um, but on the other hand, I think there's a couple of other pathways that I could maybe see that could benefit the country. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Anyways, it, it is, it's an interesting, very multivariable situation we're all dealing with. It is. I know when I first heard Vivek, I was, I was really, really impressed um, because he was saying all the things I, I wanted to hear, uh, saying all the things that I, I felt like President Trump was saying already. And here's just my two cents on it. I feel like it's the hand of God using Vivek. So Trump's not at any of those debates but there is a Trump spokesman and he's not necessarily speaking for Trump, but he's speaking those ideas. And if those ideas are not presented against the others that are all debating each other, all of a sudden their ideas seem to be like, Oh yeah, that's pretty good. And then all of a sudden Vivek comes and says, all those ideas are absolutely stupid. And here's the reason why. And, yeah. and he is him, Carrie Lake and Donald Trump. Uh, I've been, this is what I've heard. Those are the three best articulate people and probably even more Carrie Lake and, and Vivek. They are very articulate. And so basically you are getting a Trump idea uh, and comparing it to the debates where Trump doesn't have to defend himself. If he showed up, it'd be all let's attack Trump. Let's try. So he's out of it. No one attacks Trump. And then Vivek speaks the things that Trump is trying to do. And so I, I feel like that's a divine hand of God. Also, you know, I, I'm very strong into uh, Kim Clement. I don't know if you ever heard of him, Kim Clement and his prophecies. But there is a, is a, a Christian worship leader who gets words of knowledge and visions and stuff. And he had prophesied back in 2007, I think, early, early as 2007, 2014, that Trump would be a president. He'd be a president for two, uh, two terms. He would build the wall around the country, a bunch of other things, um, and that the people would be fooled. The people would say, oh, his blood's too hot. And God would say, I know his blood is hot, but I've chosen him for this. And then he has another vision where it's like there was an evil plan in the midst and the wall wasn't finished, you know, and it, it really you could see it in him and all that stuff. But it will be um, or at least. um you know, it, 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 it was in the middle of the plan. And so I, I, I feel like it's, it's just divine destiny that he will actually be, um, uh, president the second term. Um, especially the, if you remember that, Chris, the, the mm -hmm. one with Clark, he says yeah. he had a vision, he says, and this was back in what, 2014, he's like, 
there's a there's a Donald and a Mr. Clark and you're sitting together and you're watching me right now and you're asking, is this for me? And this, this is for you. And you will get that election or you will um, you will win that election. Well, they didn't even meet each other till after just till about a year and a half ago. Clay Clark with the uh, Reawaken America tour and, and Clay Clark went over to the uh, I guess Mar-a-Lago and they sat together on the couch and watched that video together. So there was a Donald and a Mr. Clark, and they both were watching. And he says, you will win that election. And so it couldn't have been 2016, couldn't have been 2020. And so just with the things like that, I just, um, you know, and that's, that's he's not a one topic, uh, what you call prophet or a person that, I mean, he talked about lots of things, 9-11. In fact, when 9-11 happened, the FBI raided his house. How did you know? You know, how did you know with such detail? Uh, he said, well, the Lord told me, you know, but uh, so anyway, I'm kind of hanging on those things. Um, and so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm hoping, but Vivek, I, I, I do have a, a deep respect for, I think God will use him. Um, you know, I think he's saying the right things and um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I hope he's actually part of the cabinet, you know, but um, who knows? I love how like on Twitter or X people have their, they already have their picks for Trump's cabinet <laughs> in all the different offices. And it's like a game. It's like a parlor game kind of a thing. Like, well, who would you put as secretary of state and oh, Ben Carson here and Carrie Lake here. And uh, anyways, somebody for attorney general. Anyways, that is fun to, yeah, the dream yeah. team that we all just like, you know, would make us very happy. Cash Patel. <laughs> right, right. All of your favorites are in there somewhere, but I don't know. It's, uh, it, I think having said everything, you know, everything that's been said tonight, everything that rolls around in our heads all the time, I think they will stop at nothing to mm -hmm. keep him from the White House. So that's like the, the, yeah. fe the fear that I walk around with is I'm not sure we've seen the last of them, they've got a lot more tricks up their sleeve short of just calling the election, just pulling, just curtailing it. What's his face? Zelensky in Ukraine mm -hmm. canceled yeah. their elections the other month. Well, geez, it's wartime. You can't have an election. Who's to say over the summer, there's not instigated riots and the mm -hmm. country is declared to be at civil war and sorry, people, no election for you. I just, pray that my worst little fears and my crazy fantasies are not true. But I think as um, I wouldn't put anything past these people who are so um, jealously guarding their They're power. Wicked. And wicked. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure they have some tricks up their sleeves that we, and, and, and Vivek does echo this too, where he has said, Oh, right. <clears throat> we're going to roll into November and they're going to pull something because Trump's on the ballot and they're going to stop at nothing to keep him out of the white house. And we're all going to be kicking ourselves in December going, gee, we never thought that they would have really ramped up and pulled something else off. You know, I, I feel like <laughs> there's a certain amount of sober, sober mm -hmm. thought that needs to be put into um, the, precarious situation we might find ourselves in and everyone's like well gee i didn't think they had it in them well 
Yeah, I think we've all we have been talking about this is a zero sum game, and that uh, if the deep state is as evil as we think they are, they they won't stop at anything. But these kind of discussions, I think it's really important that we have them now, and we um, it it's not okay. We run around like a chicken with a head cut off. Oh no, there's nothing we can do. Oh no, uh, this is the time we think about. Um, you know, how are we going to say no? How do we nonviolently um, push back and say that is not going to happen on our watch? And so, I mean, I don't know. You know, there are many times that I know there's prayer and prayer does change things. There are things at the local level. There's things through um, uh, the Republican Party. Um there's things that uh, that you can start beginning to have discussions, even talking to lawyers. You know, what can we do? What sort of um, I mean, we're not helpless as people. And if there really are um, tens of millions of Americans who say no, what would that look like uh, when when there are a few people manipulating machines and manipulating situations. Um, it is scary, but I, I think if we begin, I, I love that you're bringing it up now because we need to start talking about this because it, something is going to happen. Something I haven't felt like happen. the other shoe is going to drop any day. You know, what is it? Is it going to be the economy? Are they going to pour some other pathogen on us and disease and, x that's coming yeah disease coming x soon. i mean uh is are we gonna have little aliens uh, projected on us are they gonna um are they gonna use a directed energy weapon to create a volcano and yellow <laughs> yellowstone all good ideas and, all great um, ideas Keep another tsunami <laughs> and uh i mean are they gonna open up the canadian border it's a i mean so we're te- we're <laughs> Canadians send all to America. Illegal aliens up to Canada. <laughs> well, you know, the uh, the projection that some think is, you know, that that recent film that came out, Leave the World Behind, and that was produced uh, by the Obamas. And it was it talked about, a you know, a total uh, blackout, you know, uh, it, the power grid was taken down and, and it ended with, you know, it looked like what was probably nuclear bombs being dropped on the major city just outside of where this film, you know, uh, or this show is, was taking place. Um, but you know, they all loss of communication and you know, that a lot of people have been talking about some sort of, um, internet shut down, internet or- shut down, you know, mm-hmm. to control the narrative. And so, uh, you know, I, I found that very distressing. I mean, I watched the movie, it was very interesting, but the fact that you had a former president, and uh, mm-hmm. first, whatever, um, you know, they they make this this type of movie where America's taken over, uh, terrorists was, take over. That was, was very, very telling, wasn't it? But you watched mm-hmm. it, Ron. Oh, I did. I definitely did. It was um, very, it was interesting. I was very curious to say, you know, what, because I felt like, is this a projection of what they, they, they plan to do? Because even the Davos crew were saying, you know, there will definitely be, in the next year or so, a cyber attack. And so we need to prepare it. Well, they said that about uh, COVID. You know, there definitely is going to be, you know, uh, a pandemic or, 
And, and so what had happened? Literally two months or three months after, uh, it was already on the radar happening. Mm -hmm. So when they said it's going to happen, it's like it already started. You know, uh, when was that anyway? Was that in October or November? Was, uh, the gaming of it? Event um, 201, you mean? The meeting. Yeah. When was that? Well, yeah, I guess that maybe was it was October Event 201. 2019. Yeah, it was, uh, and so it's like they announced these things. It'd be very, actually, very interesting to see what is covered in Davos this year, mm -hmm. as they start talking about, you know, their quote concerns. You know, and I always love the interviews. Uh, they're, you know, people are so in their face now with interviews, uh, mocking them. Like, well, so tell us how you know. Obviously, you guys came in your luxurious jets, wasting fuel. Uh, from your, you know, billion dollar beach houses. But tell us, what did you do for us little people? And, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, Klaus Schwab is getting harassed by by these people that are just completely awakened to their schemes, you know. So what, you know, what depopulation plan are you doing for us, uh, you know, or to us? And uh, anyway, it, it, I look forward to seeing what comes out of the next week or so of this uh, of this meeting over in Davos. Yeah. And just as we're winding down to, I just want to remind people it, it is we're celebrating Martin Luther King Jr.'s um, holiday birthday today. I don't know that it's his birthday birthday because we seem in the Gregorian calendar, we seem to make holidays convenient to to whatever uh, to Davos, evidently, <laughs> and the World Economic Forum and and other things, but his, I think his birthday is around the 20th of um, January, but, but he died uh, at 39 years of age. And I just wanted to read um, his last words, just kind of as uh, he'd be 95 today. And I actually was living in Washington, DC as a little girl when he, he was shot, he was assassinated on a, a balcony in a hotel room um, and the last words, he's about to go to a meeting uh, and the last words he spoke to a longtime friend, and it was his, his musician friend, Ben Branch, who would, um, he would play and sing at his meetings. There's a real gospel tone to his gatherings. And uh, he said, right before he went out on the balcony, he said, Ben, make sure you play, take my hand, precious Lord in the meeting tonight and play it real pretty. And then he went out on the balcony and he was shot and uh, the rest is history. And we know that um, you were gonna share, obviously we know there's revisionist history about Martin Luther King Jr. that everything he did was, um, was not stellar. But we also know he lived in a time uh, that was very cruel to the black man in the South. And he stood up with a voice and with courage, much like Donald Trump does against all odds with a great pay. There's a lot, a great cost to his life and his family's life mm -hmm. um, in order to uh, create an atmosphere of hope. A lot of his was um, being willing to be at the point of the spear knowing that he may never see the manifestation of uh, what he was hoping for. And yeah. uh, so I just wanted to acknowledge that today is um, his um, designated birthday on our calendar. 
And we're talking about freedom situations, his great dream speech. I have a dream on the um, the mall of uh, Washington, D.C. in front of Abraham Lincoln on the Lincoln Memorial steps. I've walked those steps. I grew up in Washington, D.C. I've sat on those steps many times and looked down across to the reflection pool and, and the Washington Monument across the mall. And I can visualize the, the hundreds of thousands of people that marched on Washington very much like January 6th to support something that they believed in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, what you had alluded to or mentioned, uh, you know, some of the things that, uh, you know, a lot of times what we do is we uh, put somebody high on an altar and they could do no wrong. And and we are human and we, we have flaws. And uh, I think Charlie Kirk covers it quite well in his meeting, uh, The Myth of MLK, where he has a person, Vince Everett uh, Ellison, really does a deep dive on, on, on the things. Um, but... Uh, I'll, I'll put that in our show notes if people are interested in going down that. I'm not really wanting to push it. I know my wife was born the very morning that he was shot. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's very interesting. Um, and I always think of that U2 song uh, as a phrase, early morning, April 4, shot, hang, you know, rings out in the Memphis sky, um, you know, in the name of love. Um, and so... Uh, but you know, I, I can I can relate to uh, the the main message that uh, Martin Luther King Jr. is is known for, you know, and it, that is, uh, you know, people should be judged on their character and not on the color of their skin. And so, um, you know, sometimes when you do these uh, quotas and things like that, you're judging people, I think, on their skin rather than the content of, of whatever their grades are or whatever it is, you know, for the job or the school position. And, and, um, and I get it. Some people are disadvantaged and, but you know, people have risen and they do rise, um, you know, and so I'll honor those, you know, as we're closing, I think Kristen, is there anything you'd like to share? I mean, sh uh, you know, we, we want to put you out there as far as the mama bears radio and amazing, you know, the time and how they can, uh, hear you if they want to hear live, you know, maybe it's on KCO, the website and what time. So feel free to uh, share that as we, uh, as we start to close. It's been super fun to join you guys. And I think, as I said at the beginning, <laughs> uh, the, when we pool our voices together and collaborate, it's just, I think it amplifies the message. And I've really enjoyed getting to know all the, all the patriots in our area, all the freedom friends. It's such a catch 22 kind of thing. Cause we are in really rough times, but the people that I've met and the energy that surrounds our, our time. And let me just back up for just a minute though. Speaking of MLK and tough times in American history, <clears throat> the country has had our share. And I, <clears throat> as I've matured over the last few years in evaluating where America's at and what is what does freedom really mean to me? And what, like we said earlier, what kind of a country are we going to bequeath our children, our mm -hmm. posterity? Um, I've found it so instructive to read American history and kind of put me in my place where I'm like, oh no, all the crazy things are happening in my time. Well, that's not true. And in MLK's time, yeah, the country was an upheaval. Yeah. And we, we have rough strife so that we learn our lessons and grow, ideally. Yeah. So I have hope for this crazy time we live in that we're going to 
grow in faith in ourselves and faith in God and faith in the nation in the future and all those good things. So towards that end, though, it's it wouldn't be, you know, worth it in the least if we weren't all working together. So I appreciate you guys so much. Um, my show is Mama Bears Radio. It, it airs live at 3 p.m. on KSEO. That's AM 1080 KSEO in Santa Cruz. It's also streaming on the KSEO website, soon to be streaming other places too, as my friends here are teaching me tech. Um, and then it's also available on podcasts, wherever you get a podcast, Spotify, search Mama Bears Radio Show. Um, and the, my website is Mama Bears Radio. That's M-A-M-A, -A, Bears, plural, Mama Bears Radio. Dot com. You guys can find me there. So we'll have to do this again. And you guys get to come on live Fun. broadcast radio at some point. We'll oh, that'd be um, yeah, have you guys back on KSEO. I'm sure you miss your live radio. We do. Uh, we definitely miss uh, the live radio. Uh, we're just glad to have you as our guest. Uh, it was an honor. And uh, thanks for uh, watching. Uh, we look forward to another week. Next week, we will see you at the same time with the Wake the Bear Radio. Bye now. Okay. Bye-bye.